Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. I'm going to be making a very big announcement tonight at Mar-a-Lago. With the completion of the midterm election, now the 2024 presidential election is in front of us. Katie Hobbs will be the next governor of Arizona. How do you certify an election that is this botched? The G20 summit. Climate change and food security. The shootings occurred on a bus full of students. And safety laws. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, lots to talk about. It is News and Views for a Tuesday. And a big story at the top of the hour here, uh, Russian missiles. It finally happened. Uh, you know, we were... We talked to James Carafano about a month or so ago, and I, we were talking about Ukraine, and uh, I think we actually brought up, what if there's an oops? Well, there was an oops. To, well, we hope it was an oops. We hope it wasn't deliberate. Uh, but Russian missiles flew over NATO territory, killing two people in Poland. This according to a senior U.S. intelligence official. Uh, two people reportedly killed after a projectile struck an area where grain was drying in a village near the Ukrainian border. James Carafano with the Heritage Foundation is back with us now. Jim, thanks for joining us again. And uh, give us give us your best. Uh, I, I know information is still coming in, but any updated information you might have and what's your response to this? Was it an oops or is it uh, maybe a nudge well, by Russia? No, I think, I mean, if you look at where the missile landed, uh, it, it, and also if you know anything about rockets, which I do, because I was in that business for like 25 years in the U.S. military, um, particularly understanding how Russian rockets and missiles work, um, I, I, I would be shocked if it was anything but inadvertent. Uh, so what, what does that mean? Well, look, a lot of people say, well, Article 5, which means that, you know, an attack on NATO, and, you know, NATO responds in kind. Well, it's, it's, probably very difficult to argue this was an attack on nato and so you would see something much more likely what's called a proportional response this is something that is equal to the that what was done remember if you remember correctly right there was a, a a western airline that was shot down over ukraine right. by a russian missile right. a, by a russian operator that killed nato civilians in much higher numbers that didn't trigger a war that's because, the, the, by all likelihood, the Russians were not intending to shoot down a civilian airliner. Um, that was egregious and wrong, and they should be held liable for that, but it wasn't an act of war. And, and I don't think NATO is going to look at this and say this is an act of war. It is deeply concerning. What they'll probably do is invoke something that's called Article 4, which is we should all get together and talk about this uh, and, and res- respond as a NATO, which who knows what exactly the form will take. But this is not an escalation. Everything the Russians are doing in the, in the last month or so, I would not call acts of escalation. I would call them increasingly acts of desperation. Hmm. And, uh, and I, I think this would certainly fall into that category. Would you expect uh, you know, some diplomacy from Russia to come out and say this was – I mean, would they come out and say – Absolutely, this was a miscalculation. This was an accident. We apologize. Would you expect anything along those lines? Uh, what would I expect them to do? Is see, look how dangerous this war is. You know, we want this to come to an end. The Ukrainians are being unreasonable. You know, these things are happening because of Ukraine. It's not our fault. Uh, if anything, you're, what the NATO should be doing is, is forcing the Ukrainians to negotiate with us and let us keep the territory that we captured. That's what I'd expect. 
Uh, Jim's Benny Hardy here. Uh, earlier today, um, I, I guess the sources uh, of this, um, of this, you know, whatever warhead or whatever it was, uh, missile yeah. that, that struck in Poland was, you know, media sources, and I, I haven't seen yet any government official on, on any any side confirming anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah U.S. government's already U.S. U.S. officials have already come out and said something happened. NATO's consulting. You. Um, uh, Hungarian officials have said the same thing. But the Hungarians are angry because the one of the missiles struck a pipeline in Ukraine, but it was a pipeline that was bringing energy into uh, Hungary. So the Hungarians, Hungarians are really upset about that. So, so governments are acknowledging that something happened. Well, explain to our listeners not familiar with the area just how close the the current fighting in Ukraine is to this area in Poland, and and what what things could happen just with the fighting that's just going on in Ukraine right now, and and uh, how how likely this could be something in, inadvertent. Well, you know, what the Russians have been doing essentially is kind of the equivalent of a Hail Mary pass. So it's um, they can't win on the battlefield. Matter of fact, they're, they're, the question is how much ground are they going to lose? They don't really have the ground capability to take offensive warfare, so they're truly trying to stave off the, the gains that your Ukrainians are making in, in recapturing territory. So what they've been doing uh, is really, if you remember back to World War II and the, 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 the blitz against London, I mean, long after it was clear that the Germans didn't have the military power to cross the channel, they continued to pummel Britain because they, they wanted Britain to give up uh, and they wanted to you know scare away countries from like the United States and other from, from joining in support of the British. And so that, that seems to be the Russian strategy here. And so what they're doing is hitting civilian targets, civilian infrastructure to make life more difficult for the Ukrainians, hoping you know, the Ukrainians lose their will or, or, you, or NATO stops supporting them or NATO forces them into making some kind of concessionary uh, deal with with um, Moscow, um, so the, the, they're they're all over the place. And yeah, I mean, the Russians can, with their weapons, can range literally any target in Ukraine, which means they're going to go right up to the border of uh, could go right up to the border of Poland, Romania, and you know, which are the two major NATO countries bordering um, uh, Ukraine. Well, for months, you know, there's been reports out of all <clears throat> of the su- lack of success on the battlefield with Russia. H- how about a scenario of, of just maybe a, a, a rogue section of the Russian military maybe doing something that was not authorized? You think that's a possibility? Yeah, it's, it's unlikely. They fired a lot of stuff. And, um, it, it, and, and you have to remember, increasingly the Russians are tapping into older and less reliable weapons. Hmm. Um, and so, particularly if it's an older system that may in the head, you know, maintenance and storage, and may have, um, it only takes a little bit, you know, particularly at the longer ranges, to have something, you know, veer off course enough. So you have as somebody who actually, you know, worked in the missile business, and I, I can remember doing test firings at the White Sands Missile Range, and one time we fired a missile, and, and basically it just flew right over the target and kept flying until it ran out of gas, blew up a highway. Um it was it was it was actually because the missiles had been older and they were having some maintenance issues. So uh, when you're firing, literally, they probably fired, according to reports, somewhere between 85 and 100 missiles. So for something errant to go like that, happen like that, that that's not unreasonable or unrealistic at all. Was so that would be your speculation for what happened today, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. You know, this could that that explanation is look. I mean, 
I don't know because I'm not there, but it's consistent right. with all the confirmable evidence we have, and therefore it is, you know, without question, the most likely scenario. Well, it it sounds to me then, from all that you have said and what happened today, if if your your uh, speculation is correct, that that Russia is sort of tiring of this conflict. Would you agree? Well, Putin does not want to lose. I mean, he has staked everything on this conflict, and and. And, and this is his historical legacy. And he, you know, much like Hitler in the bunker, to the very end, refused to concede that he was going to lose. You know, he, he thought, well, like, if I could just put one good defeat on the Americans and the British, like at the Battle of the Bulge, maybe they would sue for a separate peace and I could gather my forces and, you know, turn against the Russians. So Putin is in that mindset of, of you know, defeat is not an option. And I just... And the only way you can think of to win is to convince the other guys to quit. And so you have these increasingly desperate acts. But, but they're, again, I call them acts of desperation because they're not the kinds of things that would lead the Russians into an escalatory fight with NATO because that's just a destined. So, you know, we don't see the nuclear threat really, you know, particularly maybe detonating a nuclear weapon in Ukraine, which would actually probably also wind up making things worse, but not actually detonating nuclear weapons on on. Western territory, there was kind of a hollow threat about attacking U.S. satellites in space, also probably just, you know, an act of desperation. So it's widening the, widening the war beyond Ukraine only could be the death knell of Putin. And he knows that, but, but he, wants, he wants the West to quit and get tired. He wants the Ukrainians to quit and get tired. So he's thinking, of what can I do to punish them, to, to convince them that they can't beat me and just give me what I want? So he, he now wants to try to win in diplomacy and statecraft and threats and bullying when he could not win on the battlefield with troops and tanks. Well, it doesn't sound like the Ukrainians are uh, tiring of it like the Russians are. It seems like the more that uh, Putin uh, thumps on the Ukrainians, the harder they and more more resolve they have to uh, continue this fight. Would you agree? Well, I mean, you know, infrastructure can be rebuilt. I mean, you could say, oh, you know, they lost electricity. Well, you can fix infrastructure, you can, you know, buy generators, you can do things to do all that stuff. But that's not helping Russia win the war because you're not attriting the Ukrainian combat power at the front in the way that will allow you to do that. Look, I, you know, I, I said this, and it could well be true. I, I mean, I can't just state this for a fact, but we may already reach the point where Vladimir Putin in his lifetime will never have a military capable of invading another country. Right. That's how much damage has been done wow. to the mm. Russian military. And I don't know how long he's going to live and how long he's going to be in power, but the scale of what they have to do to rebuild. Look, if the Russians could fight back and go on the offensive, they'd have done that months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to James Carafano based uh, our, our conversation was uh, started with this uh, Russian missile that went awry and uh, landed in Poland and killed two people that sounds like they were advisors from the United States government over there uh, with the uh, Polish defense ministry. You talk about uh, Putin and, you know, this might be his last hurrah. Have you, you know, there's been a lot of speculation over his health issues. Uh, have you heard anything new on that or any insight on that? No, I mean, that, that speculation has been out there for a, a long time. Everything from cancer to, you know, other debilitating or yeah. diseases. Yeah. And, and those rumors are out there. Uh, clearly, when you look at him, um, he looks puffy, right? Yeah. Which uh, normally comes from steroids or some kind of. Other, but 
look, I'm not. I'm don't, don't going to try to diagnose Putin's physical state. You know, <laughs> right. then I then comment on you know Joe Biden's cognitive ability or, or you know whether Trump has a mental disease or not. I mean, this is just you know you don't do that. You can't make medical diagnoses based on rumors and that kind of stuff. But right. um, but look, the reality is is Russia cannot win cannot win this war that's yeah. that's the reality of it and the the real issue is going to be um how do we rebuild ukraine uh in a smart way so it doesn't become a dependent and uh, and 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 uh, and and address the issues that people people are concerned about corruption people are concerned about how much money is this going to cost how long it's going to take we should, you know we should have good answers for all those questions right. and and uh, honestly if our president wasn't a yahoo we'd probably be getting them I, you know, the fact that the Russians did this. Wait, wait a minute, you just told me you couldn't you couldn't diagnose his medical condition and you just called him a Yahoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yahoo's a medical condition, not a medical condition. So, you know, it, remember, Putin did this in the middle of the G20. First of all, the Russians should have been banned from the G20. This is the meeting that they're now having mm-hmm. in Indonesia. The United, the United States should have boycotted it if yeah. the Russians were allowed to go. And we, did, and we went and we're sitting there. And so Putin, in the middle of the G20, conducts a terror strike on Ukraine. I mean, the, honestly, you couldn't give a bigger middle finger to, your, to, to NATO Bingo. than that. And so the, his audacity is well bounds. But again, these are acts, like I said, of desperation, uh, escalation. And if, honestly, if we'd had a better president, we shuffled in military aid faster and more aggressively, um, had a better plan on how to do this, addressed all concerns that people had about it, we would have been, we'd have been done by now, you know. Biden turns around and says, I need another $50 billion in emergency spending and like $10 billion for COVID. I mean, COVID's been over for a month. Yeah. And he emergency spending another you know, $40 billion for Ukraine. Like, really? You have to do that in December? You need $40 billion? You can't wait till a new Congress shows up in January? It's just nonsense. Uh, ben has got one last question before we let you run, Jim. Hey, Jim, fast forward if you can, post-Putin, uh, Russia, whether due to health or whatever, uh, who emerges as their leader and what is their philosophy towards the West and expanding territories? Well, I, I, th- I think that's unknowable. So I think what we have to do is we need to do the kinds of things that make Russia irrelevant to our future. Russia is only relevant to our future if they have the ability to destabilize uh, the West, and so a strong NATO, rebuilding Ukraine so it's independent and strong, energy independence. Look, these are things we have to do regardless of how the, how the future of Russia is. And so we should focus on the things we can control rather than the things that that we we can't control. Yeah. That's probably good advice for raising kids. And good, good advice for I, life. I try to tell myself that every day about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Jim, thanks a million for joining us. Jim Carafano with the uh, Heritage Foundation. And uh, how, how can uh, folks follow you? You're on Twitter? No, we, we lost Jim. Okay, we lost Jim. That's all right. Well, listen, you can go to theheritage.org and uh, hash, uh, forward slash uh, Jim Carafano, and you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. 